Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Watch that measure. If I can draw your attention to this passage here in Mark chapter 4 and verse 24, where Jesus says, I'm, I'm sorry, I've been reading the Bible a long time. I've, I've read the Bible front to back several times. I've studied and I've been preaching for 40 years. I, this was my first time ever seeing this passage. I'm sorry. I never saw this verse. I never saw verse 24 where Jesus says, Consider carefully what you hear. For with the measure you use, with the measure you use, it'll be measured unto you. I done heard that a thousand times. We done said that a thousand times. I've heard that over and over. With the measure you use, it's measured unto you. But the consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I did a thing with my kids, and, you know, I don't know where you are with your children. My children grown, and I don't know if you have young kids, old kids, babies. One of the things that I did with the babies is I, I had a sound that stopped them. Think of your good mama, your good daddy. You got a sound. That stops them in their tracks. My sound was, ah, 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 ah. Now, you can say, hey, uh, but my sound was, ah, ah. As they were going towards something that they were not supposed to be messing with, not just playing, and I might say, hey, don't play with that. Hey, don't do that. Hey, uh, but if they were going towards the plug, they got a, ah, ah. If they were getting near something that if they messed with it, it was potentially life-harming to them, they got a sound out of me, and that sound was a be careful sound. I don't know. I haven't really looked at it because I just saw the verse this morning. I'm sorry, but I don't know how many times Jesus actually said to people, be careful. This is a moment in which Jesus is saying, ah, 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 be careful, be careful. What is he saying that we should be careful about? He's saying, you got to be careful what you hear. In essence, what Jesus is saying is that you got to be careful because your measure is impressionable. Your measure is impressionable. As much as he's saying, be careful what you hear, we could apply this to all kinds of stuff. Be careful what you hear. Be careful what you see. Be careful what you taste. Be careful what you touch. Because your measure of a thing can be impacted by your experience of a thing. You thought this was good until you tasted this over here and then you realized that what you've been calling gumbo ain't really gumbo. 
You thought this was good pizza till you had really good pizza. Now your measure of pizza has been impacted by the pizza that you tasted. Be careful what you hear because what you allow in can mess with your measure. What you are taught can mess with your measure. What you experience can mess with your measure. You don't know nothing about flying first class till you fly first class. Then once you fly first class, you are forever walking through first class, mad and upset that you got to go back to the back and sit hip to hip with somebody sweating because you have experienced something and your experience messes with your expectation. Very often, the measure of our discontent is seen in the distance between what we have and what we expect. And your expectations can be significantly impacted by what you actually experience or what someone says to you or somewhere you were. One of the, the bit of the counsel that I've been giving to all the young people around me is be careful about your palate. Be careful about your palate. I remember when Golden Corral, I don't know if you ever heard of this place called Golden Corral, but I remember when Golden Corral was some good food to me. Well, I love me some Golden Corral, especially with that bread. It was anointed. But what was, I remember when eating that, that chicken tastes just fine to me. But if you're not careful, your palate can be impacted and you can't eat there no more. See, somebody got to know what I'm talking about. And now you can't eat at Red Lobster because your tongue is bougie. Last time I went to Red Lobster, I was just, I couldn't wait for the cheddar biscuits. And I had the cheddar, but the rest of the food was just okay. Why? It's because if you're not careful, your palate can be impacted. And now your mouth is tasting something different than what it likes. The way my mama was, was my mama didn't feed you nothing expensive. My parents believed that anything expensive was for grown folk. That's for grown folk. Good ice cream is for grown people. Steak is for grown people. Lobster is for grown folk. Matter of fact, they told us it'll make you sick. Lobster will make you sick. You only seven years old. Lobster will have you messed up. That's for grown people. Cheesecake is for grown people. You can have that little cake over there, but cheesecake, that's for grown people. Avocados, that's for grown people. You can eat that apple over there. Cherries, cherries is for grown folk. Grapes, you can have all the grapes you want, but cherries, be careful about your palate. One of the, 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 the words I've been sharing to young folk is be careful with your palate, especially when it comes to where you live. It is possible for your palate of living to be stretched beyond what you can afford when it's time for you to own something. Ooh, 
I got to get back to the word in a minute, but you understand what I'm saying. If you go to buy a car, they want to know what you can spend. You go to buy a car, they want to know what you can spend. They'll ask you questions. What do you do? What do you make? They'll try to get you to fill out some kind of application because they want to know what you can spend because they understand. That if you can only afford a $35,000 car and they show you a $50,000 car, you will not buy with them. The $50,000 car will mess your palate up. They'll never be able to take you back to the $30,000 car. You will walk out the door. You will be upset that you can't get the leather when you can't afford leather. They won't show you moonroof if you can't. They won't show you heated seats and cool seats if you can't afford it because if they mess with your palate, you can't go back. In the same way, if you get an apartment with too much stuff, you may mess up your palate for your ability to own what you can actually afford to own. How quiet it done God? We all want apartments with tennis courts and swimming pools and movie stars. But if you're not careful, that can stretch your palate beyond what you actually can afford. My point is, be careful what you experience. Be careful what you allow yourself to hear because your measure is impressionable. Jesus is saying, yeah, be careful what you hear. Be careful what people tell you. Be careful with the words you hear. Be careful with the stuff that folks say to you because with the measure you use, it's measured unto you. With the measure you use, it's measured unto you. You've all have come in here. You're watching live around the world. You've come to this room. You got up, got dressed, drove from wherever you came from, and you are here in this room, and that's amazing. Praise God for the worship. Praise God for the pastors. Praise God for the prayer. Praise God for me, whatever kind of gift or Holy Ghost or anointing I have. That's awesome. But at the end of the day, your measure affects what you have. We can only go but so far when it comes to your measure. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. A part of the reason why we have been so determined to try to get you to praise God and worship the Lord is because the worship and the praise and the prayer and the spirit, it breaks up the fallow ground. It breaks up the hard stuff that's in you. If you come here with too much hard stuff in you, then when it comes time for us to actually pour, right now I'm trying to pour out something from the Word on the inside of you. I'm trying to get you full. I'm trying to get you as full as I can get you with the Word. Full of prayer, full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the power, as much as we can. We're trying right now through your screen to get you as full of God as we possibly can get you. But just because you look full don't mean you are full. 
It's absolutely possible that you can leave out of here looking full, but when we really get down to it and really see what really got into you as a result of the heart in you, this is really all you leave here with because with the measure you use, it's measured to you. This is why some of us like to ask for drinks with no ice. Oh, I need a witness in the bill. <laughs> because then what you do is, I would like ice on the side. You ask for ice after they bring the juice. Now you get to pour your juice into your ice because you get to really see the measure when there's nothing in the way. I need a witness in the building. I need a witness in the building. When you come to church on a Sunday morning, I'm fighting through what your mama, I am fighting through what your mama told you. I'm fighting through what your daddy said. I'm fighting what they taught you on the streets. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting every TikTok vid. I rebuke every TikTok vid. I'm fighting through all of your TikToks. You're listening to people that don't know what they're talking about. And you are so full of nonsense. You're so full of stuff that folk taught you that don't even got nothing. Broke people taught you about stuff. And you're so full of junk that when it comes time to be filled with the wisdom of God, your measure is capped. Oh, I wish I had a witness. And you walk around blaming the service. You walk around blaming the anointing. You walking around saying, I wish the service was mine. But the truth of the matter is, with the measure you use, it's measured to you. You cannot escape your own measure. It's not possible. No matter how anointed anybody is, you cannot get past the limits of your own measure. And all of us got to watch our measure. Tell somebody, watch your measure. Watch your measure. Come on, elbow somebody else. Say, watch your measure. Watch your measure. Be careful what you hear. Be careful who tell you what. Be careful what you see. Be careful what you know. Be careful what they tell you. Can I tell you what's in that hot dog? No, you cannot, because I love me a good hot dog. And if you tell me what's in it, you're going to mess with my measure. And I want to bite into this hot dog and praise Jesus. Do you know what's in that Krispy Kreme donut? The Holy Ghost. I don't want to hear nothing you got to tell me, because what you hear, what I hear, will mess with me. Your measure is something that's huge. Now, most of the time when we talk about measure, we talk about faith. And I certainly can talk about faith because I'm a faith preacher and I believe in faith. And the challenge of faith is with the measure you use, it's measured unto you. It's just the reality. You look at the life of Jesus, you look at the ministry of Jesus, with the measure that was used was how folk got their healing. Jesus said, may it be unto you just as you said it would be. 
And I'm going to stop right there and just let it sit for just a second and let all of us say, God, help us. God, forgive us. God, move over us. Are you trying to tell me that I'm going to have what I say? Are you telling me that I'm not going to just have what Pastor Andy said or just have what Pastor Tybus prayed or just have what the elders prayed or just have... The, you're trying to tell me that, that, that my mouth can actually cancel out the blessing of what someone else says? Absolutely. If you're not careful and don't watch your mouth and watch your measure, you can mess up with God. As a matter of fact, your mouth is so powerful that you can even stop God from what God wants to do in your life if you don't get your measure together. Oh, I'm talking to somebody in here. Your mouth is so powerful that the Lord who wanted to send John the Baptist through somebody had to stop their mouth from being able to talk. He said, I'm going to make you not, since you decided to not believe, Gabriel said to Zechariah, I am in the presence of the Lord. I didn't come here to argue with you. Did you know the Lord has not come to argue with you? There are some things that are so important for God. I'm speaking this over you and me. There are some things that are so important for God to get into the earth, and he's going to get them into the earth through you, that he has to do it over top of your own mouth. But you better watch your measure. You better be careful what your mouth say. Jairus, it's there in Mark chapter 4, you, Mark chapter 8, you can Luke 8, you can see it in the passages where Jairus comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, my daughter is about to die. I need you to come pray for her. Girl of about 12. You see the story in Luke 8. Jairus says, I need you to come pray for my daughter. She's about to die. And, and we, we tell the story and we say it, but I don't think we really say it how it really happened. Because if you have a daughter and it's your only daughter and you and she's 12 and she's dying, you don't say that calmly. You don't go and say that like, oh, hey, Jesus, my daughter's dying. No, when Jairus, I, when Jairus finally got to Jesus, I believe that Jesus saw him coming and said, whoa, Jairus, a member of the ruling council, this is somebody that is cool and calm and got money and chill and good. When Jesus saw him, I'm sure he said, Jairus, what's wrong? We have no idea how long Jairus was looking for Jesus. There's no phones. There's no, there's no GPS. There's no pager. Jairus' daughter is about to die. And after he has spent everything he had, believe me, he did everything he could do. And when he got to the end of himself, he said, you know what? I got to go find Jesus because my daughter's about to die. I want you to let it sink in for a second. If your child was about to die and Jesus was all you could find, it wouldn't be cute. This worship service wasn't too long if your daughter dying. This room ain't hot if your child is dying. This is not a hard thing. You can watch more than 25 minutes if you have a, um, an emergency that you need God to do in your life. Jairus says, I need you to come and pray for my daughter. She's about to die. And Jesus says, come on, let's go. Jairus' measure was for Jesus to come to his house. 
Jairus says, Jesus, listen, I need you to come to my house. I've been looking for you. My daughter's 12. She's the apple of my eye. I'm, I need you to come. I, we have done everything we can. I need you to come heal my daughter. I don't. I don't care about the politics. I don't care about whether folk like you or not. I don't care about the Pharisees, Sadducees, the, the, the drama, the issues. I ain't got no time for that. I got an emergency. I wish I had. I got something that only you can do for me. And if you, ain't nobody got time to think about what anybody think or what anybody says or what anybody. I, I believe that he got there raggedy and sweaty and tired and dirty. We don't know how long he was looking for Jesus. He didn't send a servant. He went and looked himself said, I need you to come to my house. My daughter is about to die. My 12-year-old daughter is about to die. Somebody I know, somebody with a personality, somebody that's on the verge of a somebody I love, somebody that is close to me, someone in my inner circle is about to die, and I need you to come to my house. Jesus says, let's go. I love it. I love that a moving God was able to change his schedule for somebody that's in need. I'm so glad about it. So glad he sits high and looks low. But Jairus' measure was for Jesus to come to the house. If you're familiar with the story, you know that as they're on the way there, the woman with the issue of blood sees Jesus. She sees him in the crowd. Folk are pressed all around him. And she has been dealing with something for 12 years. Kind of interesting that Jesus is on his way to heal somebody, 12. And this woman has been dealing. Oh, y'all missed that. That he, This woman has been dealing with an issue for 12 years. And Jesus is about to cancel 12s at the exact same time. She says to herself, if I touch him. If I just touch him, I'll be healed. I need a witness in this. Is this church? If I just touch him, if I just get close enough, let me touch him. Let me just get near him. If I touch him, I'll be healed. She could have said, if I see him, I'll be healed. But that's not what she said. That's not what she said. That won her measure. She could have said, if I just see him with my eyes, I'll be healed. She could have said, if I hear his voice, I'll be healed. But that's not what she said. She said, if I touch him, I'll be healed. So now she's got to press through the crowd. She's got to struggle through the noise. She's got to get through all of the folk. I could preach this forever because sometimes we got to get through the folk. We got to get through the, we got to get past all the blockers and all of the, all of the things. Sometimes it's not easy to get to Jesus. You don't get to Jesus easy sometimes. This is a word for somebody in this room. I know in this room because some, the, the enemy is trying to fight somebody from hearing this word because it's a little warm in here. Now this, this thing done gone out. The devil is a liar. This is proof that you really are in the right place at the right time. Folk watching on the screen don't even know. I believe something in this room is about to take place in somebody's life. We about to break the yoke off of your life right now. Wipe your sweat and say, yes, Jesus, have your way in my life. She had to push past people. Oh, my God, whatever you do, don't let people block you from Jesus. Don't let a preacher block you from Jesus. Don't let a bad elder block you from Jesus. Don't let a hypocrite you met block you from Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 
she pressed through, she touched him, and she was healed. Soon as she got her healing, she turned to go. I love her. She didn't need her name known. She didn't need a position. She didn't need to be a prophetess or a deaconess. She didn't need none of that. When you need your healing, the minute you get what God has for you, oh my Lord, all these folk with all their pride clearly don't need a healing. The minute you get your miracle, you just glad you got it. She touches him. She's healed. She says, "Woo, hallelujah. I bet she had her own little praise service. She felt something shift on the inside. She didn't need an organ. She just was over here shouting, and Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? Who touched me? The disciples said, what are you talking about, Jesus? There's a crowd. Folk are pressed around you. There's a whole lot of people there. There's a whole lot of people in church today. There's a whole lot of folk in the room. There's a whole lot of folk walking around the world. There's a whole lot of folk watching church right now. What are you talking about? There's a crowd around God. It's Sunday. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me with faith. Who is that? Somebody touched me, not out of form or fashion, not out of because it's Sunday. Somebody touched me and believed something about to happen in my life. Let me touch him. God about to give me my miracle. Let me touch him. God about to give me my mortgage. Let me touch him. God about to bring my life all the way around. Let me touch him. God about to heal my body. Let me touch him. I'm about to get delivered. I'm sorry. It's a different kind of touching when you're touching because you need something. She touched the hem. She touched his robe. She didn't even touch his hand. She just touched his robe. I almost want to act like I ain't got no Bible for it, but that she might have had to crawl through just to get close enough on her knees and just touch just a bit of his robe and got healed. And Jesus said, somebody got their healing. Find out who touched me. Find out who got their breakthrough. Find out who got their miracle. And they go and get her, and she comes, and she's like, uh, sorry, Jesus, is, listen, I didn't need you to know my name. I didn't need you to know my situation. I didn't need you to know where I live. I didn't need none of that. I had an issue that I was dealing with, and I got just one I wanted from the Lord. And excuse me, I did not mean to mess up nobody's party, but I needed God in my life. I've been dealing with this thing for a long time, and I got my healing. And Jesus said, daughter, your faith, your faith made you whole. I want you all to notice that Jairus doesn't say, oh, bet, let me touch your robe and my daughter will be healed. That's not what he said. It's not what he said. Just because that worked for her didn't mean it was going to work for him because his measure was different. This is a word for everybody in the room because we have all come from different places and different backgrounds. We got men, we got women, we got old, we got young, and God is so big and God is so powerful. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, and with the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. 
if you're familiar with the story, this is one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. If you're familiar with the story, you know that one of the servants runs up and says to Jairus, don't even bother the master any longer. Your daughter's dead. Your daughter died. She died 10 minutes after you left. She'd been dead for a while. She, you took off running. We didn't know where Jesus was. We didn't know where you were. Your daughter's dead. Don't even bother the rabbi anymore. Your daughter died. Again, I don't think we preach it right. Because I think when Jairus heard that his daughter died, I think Jairus collapsed. I think he went down on his knees. I think he just broke down. He said, oh, my God, she's dead. It's too late. I didn't get here in enough time. I, I, I should have went west and I went east. And I, I wasn't sure where Jesus was. I didn't know how to find him. And now my baby is dead. She was only 12. Oh, my gosh. It's, oh, it's too late. I think his heart was broken in that moment. I think fear gripped him in that moment. I think he was terrified in that moment. I think he couldn't think straight in that moment. I think he thought to himself, my daughter's dead. If you got children in here, it's a whole nother meaning. and It feels a whole nother way. I got daughters. It makes you feel a whole nother way. I can barely imagine it without getting emotional. I don't think he just said, well, okay. I think he was distraught. I think he collapsed. And I think Jesus being Jesus said, Jairus, Jairus, hold on, hold on. Get up, get up, Jairus. Now, wait a minute. Jairus, what was your measure? I just wanted you to come to my house to pray for my daughter. Jesus said, well, you wanted me to come to the house? Let's go to the house and see what happens because it ain't over till God says it. Somebody better say something to me. I'm going to walk off this stage. It don't matter if it's too late. And it don't matter if you went in the wrong direction. It's not over. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Though it was dead, yet shall it live. He said, no, Jairus, your measure was for me to come to your house Let's go to your house, Stace. Let's go to your house and let's see what happened when you get me in your house. Because the same power in this room is a power that can get inside your house. If you could ever get Jesus in your house. Jesus said, no, let's go to the house. Let's go down to the house. Jesus said, I don't mind going to somebody's house. Let's go to the house. When Jesus got to the house, they're already mourning. Jesus got to put all the mourners out. He got to put all the haters out. He got to put all the doubters out. And what happened? Resurrection. I need somebody to shout real quick. Resurrection. Resurrection. God, resurrect my money. God, resurrect my opportunity. No, I'm listening for shouters real quick. Jesus, come to my house. Sit down. 
Everybody clap while I take a drink. Praise him in advance. Praise him in advance. No, I said praise him in advance. Praise him, praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him. You came to God's house, he gonna come to your house. You came to God's house, he gonna come to your house. He about to visit your house. He about to visit your money. He about to move. Rain, Jesus, rain. All right. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Somebody got their breakthrough. Somebody got their breakthrough. Somebody, you about to get a news, you about to get a, somebody about to get a call. Something about to take place. So do you see how you have to watch your measure? You have to watch your measure. You have to be careful what you let people say to you. Oh, I don't go to church no more because I'm ah, ah, ah. You got to be like, ah, 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 ah. I don't want to hear none of that. Get that out of here. Get behind me, Satan. No, 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 no. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever you experience doesn't mean that that applies to me. You know what's incredible to me? It's so incredible to me that there are people who got a problem with church and need church. You start talking to them, and you're like, wow, it's too bad you don't go to nobody's church because you need church. And you don't let somebody talk you out of what God can do in your life if you ever get in a room with somebody else that's got a healing and got a miracle and got a faith and got a praise. You can't praise God all by yourself. You got to come down to the house of God and you got to get around some other praisers. Jesus says in verse 24, I'm not even off of verse 24, Pastor Al. He says, consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it'll be measured unto you and even more. Then in verse 25, he says something rather scary. He says, whoever has will be given more. And whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Let's let that marinate for just a second because it's a truth that we don't like. People who already got money, it's easier for them to make money. But people that don't got nothing, even what they have ends up taken from them. Jesus is saying that you can't walk around with nothing. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You got to have something if you want to be with Jesus. Sorry, 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 sorry. Old song. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Show my date, say my age. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You either have faith for the thing or you have nothing. 
For everybody in here that don't own their own home, you might as well get faith to own your own home because faith is the substance of the thing you're hoping for and the evidence of the thing that's not seen. It's better to have the faith for it than nothing. Once you get the house, you won't need the faith. You believe in God for a husband? Then you ought to have faith for a husband till the dude shows up. Nobody want to say amen on that one. But you need to have faith for him till he shows up. Because you can't have nothing. Because if you have nothing, you're going to let yourself go. If you have nothing, you ain't going to go to the gym. If you have nothing, you ain't going to do your hair. And when he shows up, it's too late then. Nobody wants to say amen on that one. But it's true anyhow. You have to have faith for the child before the child gets here. You have to have faith for the job before the job gets here. You don't get the job and then learn how to do the job. You go get training for the job and expectation for the job. But if you don't have faith for it, you won't even get it because you won't be ready. The measure you use is measured unto you. You got to be careful about your measure. Jesus says, and we read it in Luke chapter 6, he, he applies it to a lot of stuff. He says, do not judge and you will not be judged. See, <laughs> judging this starts with you. It's not just that you're being judged. It's that you judge. He's saying, with the measure you use, it's measured unto you. Do not condemn, you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Hard to be forgiven when you don't do no forgiving. I wish I had a witness. In the Very difficult for you to be a forgiver and then not be forgiven. Of course, forgiveness happens to you because you forgive others. You let it go. With the measure you use, it's measured. Be very careful who fills your head with their measure. Oh, I don't trust nobody. I don't trust nobody. I'm all on my own. Really? There's a whole lot you can't do all on your own. You need partners. You need friends. You need somebody in your corner. You need somebody on your side. You can only do but so much by yourself. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you don't trust nobody? Who told you that? Where are they? What they got? This ain't jail. Hunker over your food, eating it quick. This ain't prison. Be careful who says stuff to you. Then Jesus says in verse 38, he says, give. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you just love how it went there? He said, give, and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken, over, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. 
For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over, we don't really even hardly know what that means. I tried to think of an analogy for it, but, but yeah, I, the best one I could come up with is that, okay, this is Uncle Ben's rice, and they done took Ben off of it, and I got an attitude about it. But anyway, at least we was on something. But anyway, this box here is a box of rice. Everybody see that? No? Everybody see that? It's a box of rice. This box of rice, if I take this box, same box, and if I pour it in this bag, when I pour it in the bag, see, it looks like more in the box than it does in the bag. This is a marketing scheme to give you a taller box so you're thinking that you're getting a lot of rice. This is not a good measure of rice. This is a fake marketing measure of rice. When you pour it in the bag, you actually realize it's not quite as much rice as it looks like. See, a good measure of rice, ooh, I don't even know if this is going to work. Come help me open this up so we can show a good measure. Here, you pour this. Somebody strong. I'm believing God for somebody in this room that this is what's about to happen and this is about to take place in your life. I want a good measure. Stop, 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 stop. I want a good measure. I want it shaken together. I want it pressed down. I want to shake it together. No, no, no. Keep pouring. Keep pouring. Don't stop. Don't stop, Brother Garland. Come on. Somebody in here need a breakthrough. Somebody in here needs God to move by their spirit. It's all right if it gets on the table. Somebody else will get a little bit of what God's about to do. Stop, 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 stop. A good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Come on now. We want this thing to be running over. We are not happy with just this little bit of rice. The devil is a liar. No, I want a good, stop, 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 stop. No, 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 we want a good measure. Press down, shaking together. And we want it to run over and over and over and over. We want breakthrough. We want so much. We want to get as much in there. We want God to pour so much that there's leftovers for somebody else to be exposed. Blessed by what God is doing in your life. I want somebody to praise God for what God's about to do in you. We're talking about a good measure. We're talking about press down, shaking together, and running over. Did you know you can't get abundance without pressure? You don't get abundance without pressure. You don't get abundance without somebody squeezing on you and somebody pushing on you and somebody pressing on you and somebody making you wonder. You don't get abundance without pressure. You don't get abundance without shaking. 
for everybody that's feeling pressure, for everybody that feels like stuff is getting shook up. Guess what? God is creating more space in you for the good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap because with, have a seat, because with the measure you use, it'll be measured unto you. With the measure you use, it's measured unto you. So when you give, at Jesus says, give and it shall be given unto you again. In this way, this happens as a result of the obedience of giving. Last Sunday, I don't know if you were here. If not, you need to get the video or the tape or the whatever. Last Sunday, I preached on tithing. Oh, it was wonderful. People were running around the room. Afterwards, some young folk came and talked to me about tithing. And the woman, the young woman came to me, pretty girl, what her man, dude standing here. And I said, all right, what's up, bro? Pound. <laughs> and she came and she said, I really needed to hear this message because I've just moved into sales. And I said, yeah, sales. Then this was a word for you. This was a word for you. I said to her, because here's the thing. When you ask God to bless you, what you're asking God to do is touch people. No, I need a witness in the building. That's what you're asking. If right now you're saying, Lord, bless my business, then what you're asking God to do is to send people to your business. You're asking God to send people to you to do a sales deal with you. You're asking God to touch people. And for you to really be blessed, God has to touch heathens. Because there's way more heathens than saved people. Did you know that heathens' money still spends? <laughs> Don't pray over everybody that comes into your business. Don't offend the heathens. Just put their money in the bank and say hallelujah. If they ask you for prayer, that's different. But you shouldn't be in the head of it. No, no, no. Just keep your mouth shut and be glad that somebody that the Lord sent some heathens to your business. To really be wealthy, God got to send heathens to you. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Oh, I'm speaking a word over everybody in the room. But here's the problem. It is hard to believe that God can touch people's hearts, especially heathens' hearts, if he can't touch yours. If right now, when I'm about to take up this second offering, oh, I'm so happy about it, when I'm about to take it, and if God can't touch your heart right now and speak to you about giving to your church, how can you believe that the Lord will speak to someone to give favor to your situation who don't even know him? You're in church. You're watching church. If God can't touch your heart to be a giver, then how can he touch anyone else's heart to give to you? I 
would contend that one of the reasons why our faith is weak is because we can't be touched. And the measure we use is measured unto us. I'm believing that God will bless you good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over we poured into your lap. But the start of that is that you give. So let's give. Come on, where them armor bearers at? Where them gatekeepers at? Come on, gentlemen, let's give. If you need an offering envelope, raise your hand. We're going to give to the work of the kingdom of God. What are we giving to? Well, we are still giving towards, uh, towards our Victory Park. It's our building fund offering, but not just that. If you've never tithed before, you can tithe today. We've got that QR code there. You can take a picture of it. Not only is it there, it's on the back of your seat. Right? It's on the back of your seat, right? It's on the back of the seat. So just because this screen decided to be full of the devil today doesn't mean that you all can't take that picture, that QR code, and it will take you to a place where you can give. Give, and it shall be given unto you again. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We can tell what you give to. We can tell what you give to. All we got to do is look at you. I need a witness in the building. I need a witness in it. All I, all I have to do is look at you. If I look at you, I can tell if you give to your hair or don't give to your hair. Don't make me call nobody out. I can tell if you give to your nail shop. Don't shake your head at me. I can tell if you give to you. If, whether your toes are out today depends. Everybody with covered up shoes on didn't make it. I could tell by what's on your feet. I could tell by what's around you. I could tell by what your belly look like. Oh, hallelujah. You can tell. You have been given to some chicken sandwich places. It is clear. Come on, I want you to dig down deep. I want you to give a good offering to the work of the kingdom of God. Don't give more to your belly than you do to God's house. That was weak. Don't give more to your stomach. Don't spend more on coffee than you do on the kingdom. I'm listening for some more amens on that. What's a good, what's a good thing cost? Don't spend more on that. Y'all know I told that story. I was so mad about that Popeye's chicken sandwich. I was so upset about that. I preached about that forever. Every time I took up an offering, I fussed about that Popeye's chicken sandwich. How dare we make Popeye's millionaires? Till I bit that sandwich. I had talked about it so much, I was like, let me just try it. I went in the drive-thru. I got a spicy one. You know, if you ain't had the spicy one, you don't know. 
I, they gave me the spicy. I bit it as I was pulling out. I drove around the Popeyes and got right back in line. You can tell, we can tell, I can tell by looking at you that you like food. Oh, Jesus, it done got so quiet in here. Give, and it shall be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over, we poured into your lap. You want God to bless you. You want God to bless you. You want favor on your life. Favor happens when God makes men look favorably towards you. And you'll have no confidence in it if he can't touch you. So I want you to think, what has God done for you? What shall you render unto God for all of his benefits towards you? I want you to give God something good. Make a pledge to Victory Park. Be a tither. Be a giver. Don't just be a taker. Don't just ride in this ship. Help us row. We're on our way somewhere. We're not just trying to do something for us. We're trying to do something that's going to impact the community. We're trying to do something that's going to outlive all of this stuff. And we need you to come together with us. It's our church. It's our building. It's our thing. Gentlemen, this is something we're trying to leave in the earth. And so I need you to join with me. Let's give to the work of the kingdom of God. Bow your head. Let me pray for the Lord to pray. I've done the best I can to communicate your gospel to your people. And God, I pray that we would not just be hearers, but we would be doers. God, we're believing you for a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into our lap because with the measure we use, it's measured unto us. Thank you for living so big in us in this moment. Take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. For everybody in the room that's giving, for everyone around the world that's giving, use us for your glory and we'll praise you for what you do, what you say. You're worthy in Jesus' name. We all sit together. Amen. God bless you as you give. As the buckets pass, just let them pass. If you took that picture, that QR code, you can give with your debit card. You can give with your credit card. You can give in any way that you want to give. Let these buckets pass. We're going to let you go. It was good for us to come together in the house of God. Good for us to come together and worship the Lord. Good for us to come together and praise God. Was it good for us to be together? Anybody hear a word from the Lord today? You heard a word. You heard a word. Just wait. Sit tight. Sit tight. Sit tight. Just for security, please. Let these gentlemen do their job and let, let them take up this, these buckets. And thank you for passing and thank you for coming to be here with us. And we're excited about what God is doing in us. So many awesome things taking place. And we're on our way somewhere. And we're excited about it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One of my baby preacher sons, John Davis, got engaged yesterday. <laughs> Somebody say the blood still works. The blood still works. Look what the Lord has. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
All right, jump on your feet. Let's pray. God, we want to thank you. Thank you for your word that's a lamp into our feet and into light into our pathway. Thank you that the entrance of your word sheds light. Thank you for everyone that came together. Thank you for everyone that watched around the world. Now, God, dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Cover us with your blood as we leave, as we go home. And bring us back next Sunday, God. And we're talking about your power in us. Favor, favor, favor. Thank you, God, for favor. Favor on the front, favor in the back, and favor on the left, and favor on the right. God, thank you for favor, favor. And we're believing you. And we're asking you to bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people. Favor on your people. And let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. For God, you're our rock. You're our redeemer. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Greet somebody in the name of the Lord. Give somebody a holy hug. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here with us. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.